movie sign. All right, folks, welcome to, to, to tonight's episode of the Iron Sisabin Podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and all the usual co-hosts are gone, so I've just roped in a bunch of Red Hat employees to come and uh, host the show with me. <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> I've got Mark with me, who you're familiar with, and we have a special guest, Abraham, uh, who was actually going to be the guest on the show anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all right but it uh, just worked out that jason couldn't make it tonight because of some issues with work some I, work thing yeah i told him he needs it's to tell emergency. them that you know they not. have they have that he has a, a previous uh, engagement but they wouldn't buy it and apparently he's important or something i don't know we'll just have Sorry. to we'll just have to give him a hard time next time he's on the show <laughs> is he like a first responder or a doctor or something i mean because there is a COVID crisis going on right now. No, I'm sure it's nothing that important. <laughs> he's an IT. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 uh, he's like a quasi IT manager at the moment, I guess, from the way he described it last time. But uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, computers will break because they hate us, and he's stuck dealing with some wretched computers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout out to Josh, who's a fellow Red Hatter, who's hanging out in the chat right now. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> So, that won't be the last time we hear that. <laughs> uh, no doubt. Not if and and I and I've barely stirred up my beer, so you're you, gonna hear it a few times, I'm sure. I hope it there takes more be, than one beer to get you that loosened up. <laughs> it's been a while. I don't know. <laughs> and I've lost a little weight le- recently, so it it's now more efficient. You might, yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. So the reason we've got Abraham on the show tonight is because last year He's awesome. Well, that's that's one reason. But uh, last year, and I forget exactly when when was Ansible Fest that you spoke at last year. It was in October, I believe. That explains why I don't remember. October was kind of a mess for me. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's when I left yeah. my my position of ten years and joined Red Hat. All right, so oh, wow. Ansible Fest, uh, you gave a talk, and the link is in the show notes. Um, don't go watch it now because we're live. Uh, but you gave a talk about Ansible and automation and uh, not just the technology. You, you want to talk a little bit about what your talk was about, and then we can just sort of go back and forth a bit. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to um, highlight this idea. Well, it's an idea for me. It's something that as a technologist, um, I'm always thinking about. But I wanted to highlight this idea idea of how technology could a- actually help us um, overcome hurdles um, that are not technical in nature. They're people hurdles. And uh, the one example, the example that I used in this particular presentation is the, the age old uh, war between dev and ops. And so... Um, I just kind of use an example of how we automated um, a patching environment, um, a patching process um, in such a way that it actually helped out 
the dev team. I was, of course, I, I told this story from an ops perspective, an infrastructure perspective, because I've been a system administrator. Well, I'm no longer a system, system administrator, but I was a system administrator um, for about 23 years um, in various flavors of Linux, Unix, and even had a stint with Windows, which I'm trying to forget. We all are. Yeah, <laughs> that goes away eventually. Yeah. But yeah. it takes a long time. Yeah, I so, think all three uh, of us were all three of us were sysadmins. One of us made of iron. That's not me. Yeah, one of us. One of us started a podcast about it and then went and changed jobs. <laughs> <laughs> so much for that, right? Yeah. So, so you said you used to be a sysadmin and you're not now. Um, since I didn't mention he it, you want to wanna say why? Yeah. So I actually transitioned to Red Hat in January. In fact, Monday was my 90 day uh, mark. And um, I am now uh, a solutions architect, senior solutions architect. It has a nice ring to it. Senior. Um, oh, so your yeah. age matches your title. I was a senior TAM for a while. And then I'm now I'm now I'm a principal TAM, which makes it sound like I'm like the guy from Ferris Bueller. Makes it sound you know, like you work at a school. <laughs> something like. You're the TAM principal. Oh, okay. So, okay. He's so, one of them. So, one of them. So how are you enjoying being a Red Hatter, Abraham? I'm I know that's a loaded uh, question because it implies <laughs> yeah. you have to enjoy it. It is, it is a great, uh, it's a great move. I mean, there, there are a few things that are just in general, like not being on call after 23 years is refreshing. Right. Um, I've mentioned that to mark here more than once in our in our one-on-one -on -one meetings where uh it's just being able to clock out at five <laughs> is right is I so mean, refreshing <laughs> right there well, was a there was a customer meeting uh that was happening on the weekend and i didn't have to have to be there but i just remember my director and my manager being so apologetic saying we never work on weekends that's not what we do if you go we're so sorry you don't, you know. I was like, really? I mean, I used to live over there in, at work on weekends, but yeah. yeah. So it's very refreshing. Yeah, I've told uh, people who jump into the TAM role that the uh, it's it's the job is actually your reward for all the years of nonsense you put up with as, as a sysadmin. You know, the whole no weekends, no nights, yeah. regular regular business hours. And I guard that pretty jealously myself. I, I've had to butt heads with a customer or two about it because they're like, well, we pay for you. You should be available on the weekends. No, that's not the deal, guys. Not in but the contract. It, yeah, it's generally an OK conversation. Yeah. yeah. Um, but enough about me. Um, sure. Abraham. So so you're a Red Hatter 90 days. Congratulations. I guess we're keeping you. Uh, yeah. What you do? What you do prior to to Red Hat? You sort of implied it, but can can you talk about the company you were at where you solved this problem? Um, I'll talk about it in generalities. That sounds um, okay to me. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I was a I was a, I was on the infrastructure uh, server infrastructure team. Sysadmin, you know, new names. Um, but um, yeah, I did. We we ran. Um, pretty much a, um, a Red Hat environment. We had uh, some Solaris. 
one or two HPs that we were trying to get rid of, but it was more or less Red Hat. <clears throat> the place I worked was a very large energy company uh, and utility in the Southeast. So um, a lot of the stuff we ran was mission critical, um, according, well, I mean, I guess it's mission critical if it literally keeps the lights on, right? Um, yeah, or, st or yeah. stops the plant from melting down. Yeah. That's pretty important. <laughs> that is actually true. It really does stop the plants from melting down. So, um, so yeah. So in the environment, I mean, it's 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 a it's a power utility and and uh, you know other types of uh, energy, and um, so so they had an engineer's mentality, right? Like. One of the one of the cultural things is if it ain't broke, why are we fixing this again? Uh, so uh, it's just working perfectly fine. Why should this be down? It should always be up. It should never be down. Um, and and those weren't necessarily bad cultural things. They were because they, it was the business that that they were in. Um, but also a part of that was, and this is not just this company. This is tons of companies where. Um, they just grew up with this idea of an infrastructure team and a development team. And uh, you go all the way up to the CIO before they come together. I mean, they have their own vice presidents. And so, um, and, and being a large company, they have their own ways of doing things within those two silos. And so, um, you know, at this particular company, the the development team was responsible for most customer facing facing stuff because we did it application by application. So at the infrastructure on the infrastructure side, we typically standardized an environment, a platform, and set your application on those standard platforms. Um, and so on a per um, application basis the um, dev team would interface with the customers, the actual customers, whether they be at plants or if they're in finance or HR or wherever else, else the various places uh, were. <clears throat> and so one of their pressures, were, pressures was uptime for their particular application. They were very application focused, whereas we were very enterprise focused, like uptime for everybody where they were like, as long as my app is up first, you know, um, but they 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 felt that pressure from their customers who were saying, "Hey, why isn't my app up?" Right. Um, so that's kind of the backdrop that that this whole scenario, because I kind of tell a story. Um, so that's the backdrop of it. But the but the the crux of the story is, um, we were mandated to patch by the CIO by security. You know the you know the song and of dance. Of course, right? sure, yeah. yeah. As any reasonable uh, IT infrastructure is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, a mandate doesn't change culture, right? Now you got to think that in the past we had not been we were patching like once a year, right? Because of that culture of can't ever be down. And uh, so when this mandate comes down that we will patch at least quarterly, um, they wanted us to go monthly, like like Microsoft, uh, but we weren't ready for that. Um, <laughs> But at least quarterly. And then we had some 1,200 images uh, that needed to be patched. Uh, and even when we were patching once a year, we were doing it application by application. So we were actually patching all year long. And, and I mean literally all year long. Um, um, out of a 12-person team, um, five to seven of us could, were patching at any one time. 
<clears throat> so it was somewhere around 1900 hours of labor, labor hours. And so we wanted to change that. So we put in place a new procedure. Um, and, and actually, I automated that. I wrote the procedure and automated it with Ansible, went through the whole business process of getting Ansible um, approved and purchased. Uh, we used Tower. Um, um, and so we worked through all of that and we actually reduced the number of hours by way more than 90 percent from that 1900 number to 70. Wow. Nice. That's so, considerable. Yeah. <laughs> 1900 to 70? Like 70 yeah. zero versus I mean, 1900? So, yes, 1900 to 70. Wow. I had the I had the privilege of being at Ansible Fest to see your talk, and you cracked me up when you walked everybody through the whole email chain. Because yeah, I right. lived this, right? <laughs> In theory, you own the platform as the platform owner. But yeah. really, you're you're stuck by the application people. They always have the power to veto you. That's right. So Ab Abraham's talking about how you send the email like a couple of months out. There's going to be patching this weekend. Let us know if it won't work for you. And reminder emails scaling up to the event. And then like the week or the day before, you get people replying, yeah, we can't be down. What? I didn't know this was happening. Blah, 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 blah. And right. And I, I was weeping. I was laughing so hard because yeah. it's such an adventure I lived. And yeah, so Abraham I, I mean, just came up with this genius idea. Uh, do you mind if I summarize the genius idea? No, no. I, I'm a guest. <laughs> this is a conversation, <laughs> well, right? Technically, so am I, yeah, right? he's a but guest, too. <laughs> the genius idea is let's build a button that yeah. we can hand to the customer and say you have this particular time frame yeah. and hit that button whenever you're ready and the servers will patch That's as long right. as long as you hit the button within the right time frame right as long as you hit yeah. the button before uh before the quarter's over or something before right? the quarter's over that's yeah. exactly right because the mandate for us was every quarter we will patch and for those most and, and here's the thing 95% of those apps there were 200 you know, or so apps, 95% of those didn't care, didn't even know that we patched, right? They'd be like, wait, did, did y'all patch already? Yeah, yeah, we patched. Because because now, you know, patching is automated. And, it, and, and so of that 70 hours, here's the interesting thing. We still estimate that about 40 of those hours was just negotiation. Like, you know, for one of our customers, and rightly so. Um, so it was a nuclear, it was the nuclear side, the nuclear plants. <clears throat> they don't take a dump without Homer Simpson, a plan. eh? <laughs> Homer Simpson, eh? Right. Yeah. Wait, was it, wasn't that Homer Simpson's job to sit around and push a single button? <laughs> yes. Yes. Or was that, that was am exactly. I thinking of George Jetson? That might be George well, Jetson. George Jetson, absolutely. <laughs> but you kind of got the idea that Homer didn't do a whole lot, yeah. except he, he was not a nuclear scientist. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Continue, not Abraham. I'm sorry. I didn't mean no. to interrupt with uh, Homer. No Jetson. worries. No, that is, but that's the essence of the Iron Sis admin. <laughs> Interrupting so, with useless cultural stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, um, they, they make a lot, they do a lot of planning. And so there were typically meetings and meeting like definitely one, most of the time two, and that had to be coordinated. And they went through a checklist of things that were already automated, right? 
Um, and as frustrating as that is for me, I had to kind of step over to their side and go, okay, I understand. It's not an option for you to, to do this, to, to not have meetings, right? And so we spend a lot of time uh, doing the negotiation, doing the dance. Like, can we do it Thursday? No, not Thursday. How about next Monday night? No, not next Monday night. You know, it was a lot of that. And so once you finally get all of that worked out, you know, um, it's still not a go because as, as, as Uncle Mark shared with you, the day before, you could get a no-go. And in some cases, there's no community. You communicate because we're on a standard schedule where we send it out, you know, at the first the beginning of the quarter, one month before, one week before, one day before. You don't hear anything until one day before when they go, no, we can't do this. Yeah, right. That makes you want to cuss. Then you got to wonder, did they ignore your emails or were they being optimistic? Like, oh, yeah, we'll totally be ready by then. And then they weren't. Right, 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 <laughs> right. I'm guessing um, a little bit of both. Yeah, but right. Mostly ignoring the emails. But but you know that's what the easy button really solved that problem. You know, so now we use Tower, and you know to orchestrate the 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 uh, the patching, and all they have we don't have to give them root. They don't have to know about root. We don't have to do any of those kinds of things. We just give them access to Tower and tell them which button to push. If it turns green, you're good. If it turns red, call the help desk. Done. Um, and, and that kind of solution. But really, I, want, I wanted to talk a little bit about what the thought process you have to have. So as sysadmins, and, I, and I'm assuming most of your audience are sysadmins, I mean, you know how we are. We are typically paranoid, which is kind of a good trait that you want for people that have root. Um, we are um, uh, we have ownership issues. We pretty much own everything because we can. We have root. That's why we're sysadmins. Uh, that's, that's we're sysadmins, right? It's the, it's the I don't want boundaries, so I need to be the guy at the top. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, and typically. Um, we are suspicious. We view everybody as evil unless you're another sysadmin. And, and sometimes even other sysadmins are evil. Oh, those other sysadmins are terrible. <laughs> awful, <laughs> awful, awful. <laughs> but, uh, but one of the things that, that, that we, ha we should do, we need to do, is pull in that people factor. And with that people factor comes things like empathy, where we actually go, okay, why is this dev person a dickhead, or are they actually a dickhead, <laughs> or do they have actual life pressures? Right. Um, I've I've been I've been preaching that same thing forever. Right. Like you you yeah. never like why why is the developer saying no? Well, maybe the developer has a really good reason to say no, and that I apply that to just about anything in life. It's like it's like the person in front of me in line at the Walmart that's right. doing something stupid. It's like, well, are they doing something stupid because they're like vision impaired or, or are they doing it because they're dumb? I don't know. It's like, how do you know, judge people like that? I love the idea of empathy and I try and practice it myself all the time, but sometimes my cup runneth dry. Yeah, no, it's hard sometimes. It's hard sometimes. It is, especially in that moment when everything is geared up to patch. Yeah. I mean, it's literally 24 hours out. Your automation is all shiny and new and ready to go. And some guy sends you an email and he's not even nice about it, 
right? Oh, Didn't right. even take into consideration the weeks uh, of preparation that we put into this. So it is hard. Uh, uh, but then enters another trait, a human trait, compassion, right? So apparently this guy's in pain and you really probably want to inflict more pain, but. Well, if my <laughs> empathy cup is empty, I do, but that makes me the bear. <laughs> so, so yeah, try to have a little compassion on, okay, where's this coming from? You know? Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, I remember, I try to remember that we're all really a part of the same community. So, and, and I want him to remember that too, but I, I can only deal with me. And, and one of the things I have to remember is if he's over there being yelled at by the nuclear team because their app is down, they're not just seeing this guy as a, an individual that, that it has their app down. They're looking at all of IT and going, IT is incompetent or whatever, whatever it is customers say about us. Um, oh, when the we, things they say. Right. When we don't make them happy. We and we so, hit that we hit that a ton at the college, you know. We, yeah, we, you, you got to think about it, right? Like our our customers are people like professors who are very smart oh. people, right? Right. And college students who are well, I don't know. Well, how to put this. <laughs> <laughs> so, bunch of dumbasses. So like nobody notices, and, and this 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 applies to most IT, right? Nobody notices when everything's working because it's working. Right. No. There's no right. one to yell at. There's no reason to be upset, whatever. The slightest little blip in their, in their day-to-day life, you know, professor starts up his projector to, 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 to start class and he gets an error, right? Then immediately he's cursing out IT in front of all of his students, right? Correct. So yeah, IT gets this terrible name. Josh is right. Students are people. I was being a little mean right there. <laughs> but, you know, Ed, but yeah, we are, I think part of that's the nature of our society today. Yes. I flew into a rage earlier today because I had a very brief power outage. It took down all my stuff. Everything started rebooting, coming back up. And then just as it was recovering, I had another brief power outage again. Now, <laughs> keep this in mind. By brief, I mean the power is off for two seconds each time. Yeah. I yeah. wasn't sitting around my house, you know, in you know, unable to do anything. But oh man, did I yell some unkind things, yeah. especially the second time that stuff went down. And then I had to fight. My router apparently wasn't down long enough, so it got a little kablooied, and my laptop couldn't get a good connection to it. So I actually had to pull the pull power on it, let it just think about life for a minute or two and then plug it back in. And then everything was fine. Now, was that really a tragedy worth some of the things that came out of my mouth? Probably not. Um, first world issue. It was a first world definitely. issue. Yeah. Sometimes things are a zero world problem. They're worse than first world problems. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, when the, whenever the internet's down, man, yeah, I, I sit there and I joke. I'm like, boy, I remember I remember when computers were useful without a network connection. Yeah. But yeah. nowadays they're a brick without it. Yeah. So and 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 that's that's actually, you know, that's actually even uh, you know more insight into this idea of community, which is what I was insight talking is about. another product we sell, yes. Even Abraham the power, getting us back on topic. Well, there was there was a power company, right? <laughs> So anyway, so that's funny. <laughs> that is really funny because I'm the king of rabbit holes. See, that's a rabbit hole right there. And I just yeah. jumped into it. Right. Um, anyway, so 
so you just made me think of even another pressure where, you know, the power company is being ridiculed by the public, right, for those two second blips. And so they don't want to have, I mean, there's literally people that have to face the press, right, or face customers at the call center. And they go, hey, my power went out for two seconds and I lost my router. Are y'all going to pay for it? Uh, wait, what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so yep. this this idea of community and press and, and the moment I tell so when I used to tell people I work for a power company and, and obviously it's the power company. So everybody knows the name. It was either a very positive response or a very negative response. There was no middle ground. There was no understanding. Um, and they didn't care that I was in it. It didn't matter that I wasn't an engineer or a pole climber or any of the above. Right. I was part of the, the power company and yeah, that's how it is. My power was out for two hours the other day, and it's your fault because you work for them. Because you, yeah, yeah, but I empty the garbage cans. It's I, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> right, but but I'm the rep I'm a representative. Yeah, and that's how Dev and Ops is right. It's not like it's it's two separate entities. It's one community, and so hey, when you I start thinking like that, you know, you might break out with Kumbaya, but before that happens you start thinking about, okay, how can I make the entire thing better, right? Not just, and, and make it better for everybody might just solve the problem between dev and ops. You know, it might bring down that solid wall. So anyway, those are, we can now chase another rabbit down another hole. <laughs> so uh, you, you mentioned earlier about your, your, the number of hours that you cut by automating that or automating the uh, the update procedure. And then my my brain had to go this way simply because you always hear the the old uh oh well if we automate too much people will be out of jobs. Yeah. Uh and then you left and went to Red Hat. So <laughs> Yeah, there's a person actually a friend of mine sitting in my desk right now. So apparently we weren't losing jobs. But here's the thing, and you guys well, know good. this, there's always stuff that you hadn't yeah. done in a year, right? Because we've, you're doing... We've talked about this a number of times on the show. I just I just had to ask because I, I'm curious if there's listeners that caught on to that too. Like, wait a second, he cut all those hours and now he's not working there anymore. Yeah, <laughs> but they were bullshit hours. Yeah, right, right. right. Exactly. And, and they, they weren't hours spent making the place better. They weren't hours spent improving anything. They were hours spent keeping the lights on, literally in that case. <laughs> and, and the thing about that is, even though they were they were definitely BS hours, the perception was they were important hours because right. we're patching. Right. But but you're exactly right, Uncle Mark. <clears throat> yeah. So um, I have a question. For, for the listeners who I know there's a lot of nerds listening, but not everybody may, might know what Ansible is or especially Tower. Can you give like the very brief overview of what Ansible is? Yeah. So Ansible is a automation slash orchestration tool that allows you. I mean, the it, it's in the it's in the category of puppet or for those old timers, CF <laughs> engine, um, salt, uh, chef. Um, but the cool thing about Ansible is it's agentless. It is, it does everything over an SSH connection or a WinRM connection now that we're in the, in the Windows world. <laughs> um, so, so, so it's, and it's written, it's written in Python. There are thousands of modules out there that are certified 
uh, maybe a couple thousand, and then there are thousands more, and you can write your own module. And a module is kind of the base unit of work. It's kind of the base unit for an automation. Like, for instance, there's a, for those, you know, red rail people out there, there's a YUM module, and that module kind of does the heavy lifting. And all you have to do is put in state right? You tell it the state that you want an RPM to be. Like you'll either say you want it to be present or you want it to be uh, absent or you want it to be the latest. And it will go out and make sure that your that server or endpoint uh, in this case, because now we do networking devices, we do windows, um, all kinds of things. We, we do applications. There's a service now uh, automation that will open tickets for you. But it will put it in that state, the state that you described. Um, and then Tower, uh, and all of this is command line, uh, Ansible Core. Um, and then Tower is a GUI, a web GUI front end. It, you can't actually write playbooks, and playbooks are like the scripts in Ansible. You can't actually write them. Uh, from Tower, but you can run them. But the big thing that Tower gives you is um, uh, it gives you enterprise permissions. Whereas I can write a playbook, but if I do it from the command line and I don't have root, it's not going to run right, especially a patching playbook, right? But it, within Tower, I can have Tower run that playbook and it will run it with the credentials that 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 I tell it to run with, and it'll allow you to do it, and you don't need to know any of those credentials. It abstracts all of that information. All you have to do is press the button, and if I've given you the right permissions to run that playbook, you can run it, uh, and it should do the same thing that it would have done if I ran it. So that's, so it's, that's one of the things I really like about Tower, is that so plain old Ansible, uh, if you're going to be running Ansible jobs, <clears throat> you need credentials on whatever machine you're running those on ansible tower masks those away you have yeah. that what what do they call it um there's uh, a word uh, for it <laughs> uh, credentials <laughs> yeah we don't know there, there's a word for like credentials that you don't have <sighs> ah, well, I'm uh, anyway yeah. it's, it's like secondhand credentials or something like, i forget it now um but i don't anyway. think we call it that but i'm kind of i'm kind of ah yeah i don't know but anyway, yeah. but the, now, hey, the idea no, is no. Ansible has root, essentially root or pseudo privileges to all your machines, Ansible Tower. Correct. But the user, that up that way. the user pushing the button doesn't. Right. Correct. So, so essentially, what you did, Abraham, is using Tower. You that's the button you were talking about that you gave the end user to press when they were ready to patch. Correct. And that would then fire an Ansible playbook. Okay. Correct. And, and for, for those of you who are not, you know, this is all open source stuff. Ansible is is a is not something you need to pay Red Hat to use. It, it's available upstream. And there is a version of the upstream version of Tower is called the AWX product uh, project. So Correct. you can stand up a Tower equivalent in, you know, without again, without buying it from Red Hat. Now, obviously, as Red Hatters, we'd love your money. <laughs> money, and, but also with us, you get the enterprise support and stuff like that too. And we got our old friend Angela Andrews is on chat. Hi, Angela. Hey. Um, Angela. Met her at Summit last year. Yeah. Great, great young lady. Yeah. Oh, uh, maybe Angela needs to make it a net. She needs to tell you something, Uncle Mark. What's she need to tell me? I I, I don't know. Can what we she broadcast needs to it know. to the world? 
I don't know. <laughs> or the, well, the two I, viewers? I want, her to, I want her to break the news, but oh, I don't. Okay. I, speaking of which, how do I see Chad? Yo, she's a red <laughs> Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. When did you, when did you start, Angela? Boy, talk about a rabbit hole. Yeah, right, right. Uh, you should, anyway, and- Abraham, you should see the chat down the side of the uh, the StreamYard window. You do not? Is there a tab? No, I, or maybe I had it covered up. Oh, there we are. Yeah, there's oh, private chat, the and then there's YouTube comments. Thing. Oh, I was looking on the YouTube. You can do it on YouTube as well, but it's 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 integrated into Oh, into you're starting StreamYard. on May 4th? May Very the cool. 4th. <laughs> so, that is absolutely hilarious. It because is. May- because May 4th is the day I resigned from Merck after I got the offer from Red Hat. <laughs> because it was Star Wars I, I guess, Day. <laughs> I, I did that on purpose. I absolutely did. Oh, man. Yeah. Angelus, congratulations. So happy to have you. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. She is a we, great fit. We'll have to so catch these, up. So these folks in chat are listening to us live? Uh, yeah, yes, got, they are. Yeah. And, they, and they can chat with us. I, I, can even, I can even do things like highlight their messages on the stream if we wanted to. Amazing. Cool. So, cool. yeah, I guess the only drawback of becoming a Red Hatter is you really can't rejoin the accelerators, but maybe you can work with us <laughs> internally. I don't know. Right. I, I seem to work my way back in. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and as soon as I get some time, I'm I'm coming back too. It's a great group of guys. We so. miss you, man. We miss you. I talked to you less as a red hatter than when you were an accelerator. I, I know. I mean, who knew I was gonna have to work this hard? Well, yeah, you're yeah. you're still drinking from the fire hose though. And I can yeah. only right. say that because I'm only just done drinking from the major burst from the fire hose. It never so it really stops. <laughs> Okay, it calms back, calms way down, I guess. It can. I don't know about way down, but it calms down a little. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you if you're if you're really good at what you do, it will never calm down. And you're a very competent person, Abraham, so I suspect it won't. But I hope you're enjoying your day to day life here. I know I am. Yes, I do. I do. I I you know, I've often joked that a bad day at Red Hat is probably like the typical day I've had at other companies I've been at. Yeah. And there are I'm, very few bad days. Yeah, so far, I'm amazed good. How, how much say I get to have in my day. I, I, yeah. Right? Actually, I, I didn't know that you could have that much say I, in your own day. I had trouble with Not, that at the beginning. And I'm like, wait, there's no one just telling me what to do next? What do I do right. next? Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the job for someone who's a, a natural slacker and who won't work if they're not being micromanaged. That's the personality type that will probably fail here. But yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think we're a little off topic again. A little bit. But, you know, <laughs> a, a little. <laughs> well, you, you can blame Scooter for that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but uh, awesome. Yeah. So so thanks for the uh, Ansible explanation there, uh, Abraham. Yeah. So yeah. The, the thing I love the most about Ansible is the name. And that's only because if you haven't already read it, but if you if you have read Ender's Game, you know where the name Ansible came from. And I was on my way to Summit in 2013, and everybody's talking about this new product, Ansible. Red Hat hadn't bought it yet. It was this new thing that was debuting. Or maybe not debuting, but they were like a big buzz at at Summit 2013. And I saw the name, and I had literally just finished reading the book, and I'm like, that can't be a coincidence. There's no way. Like, how would you just make up that word? (laughs) Right, right. That word is not used in common everyday language. Yes, yes. So anyone who has not read Ender's Game, you know that the Ansible was the device used for travel across the galaxy. Uh, 
So all of the fun, or not travel, uh, communication across the galaxy. So yeah. all of the names, the tower, Ansible Tower, right? That was a thing from the book. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, um, it's totally named after it. There's yeah, not right. A, there's not a shout not out. A, not a coincidence at all. Um, um, so, uh, you know, Abraham is, you know, we've talked a lot about Linux and, and even some Windows, but one thing that Ansible also can, Ansible can manage many arbitrary devices. Yeah. And I, fa I found an article, so this is actually public information. Microsoft is actually a huge Ansible customer. They use it to manage most of their internal network devices. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's uh, a neat thing about Ansible is that it's not, I mean, yes, it may be a Red Hat product, um, but uh, you can manage so many things with it that are not real. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and that's the beauty of Ansible is Generic Linux so too. many products. Um, I mean, storage devices from several vendors. Network. The networking thing is has blown through the roof. Um, uh, and, and it works a little differently, obviously. You know, they say you don't really need anything, but you actually need Python on servers to, to run um, Ansible because it bundles up a Python, some Python code. But you don't need it for networking devices. All of that work is actually done on the on the controlling machine. So on the control node. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It is. I mean, it's not just cool because I like it, but I like it because it's so cool. Yeah, it is. It is a very awesome tool. I very was pretty, circular, but very understandable. I was pretty heavily invested in Puppet at my last job, and I still, Puppet. even even though I had so much, I had put so much time into writing Puppet classes, I, I wanted to rewrite all of it in Ansible. Yeah. I never got around yeah. to it, but I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then if you've done CF Engine, as I have, yeah, I'll never go back to CF Engine. I'm just, I'm sorry. <laughs> was just I'll never go back to Puppet old. either. <laughs> no, the, 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 I, I do have to say I'm, I'm going through RHCE uh, training because I need to get recertified. And uh, it's all, RHCE 8 is all, uh, or for RHEL 8 is all Ansible. And um, with, the, with the amount of Ansible knowledge I came in with, I have to say that Ansible at its surface appears to be very straightforward and simple until it's not. <laughs> and there's yeah. a lot of things that are not. <laughs> well, what I have Talk found about rabbit holes. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the problem that I have found is that when you're writing Ansible playbooks, if you think too much like a bash scripter, you're going to screw yourself. Yeah. You, yeah. you really, you really can't. It's not like a conventional programming language. It's more like you got to be but, far more declar so that's, declaring. That's the thing, though. There's and, and the and the best playbooks, like you'll write a playbook and you'll be like, it can't be that friggin' simple. Yeah, <laughs> but it is. The, it, is. it is. The thing I keep running into is I've I've gotten myself out of the mindset of treating Ansible like a programming language, and instead I'm treating it like a declarative language. The problem is there's a couple things like how loops work and how different variables work and how like lists and arrays work that are very much programming. Like they they yeah. feel very much like a programming language and they're not like the programming languages that I've known, which have always been things like Perl, for example, and PHP. Yeah. Those yeah. are the two that I was strongest in. I know a little bit of Python, but maybe if I knew more Python, this would be a lot more easy. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, it was, but that's, yeah. that's essentially what I mean by it seems very, very simple. Until it's not. <laughs> but I, I would say that, that a lot if of you want to, if you really yeah. want to deep dive into Ansible, learn Python. 
because those constructs, the loop constructs, the variable constructs, the list, the dictionaries, all of that stuff you will you will see that are constructs from Python and, you know, JSON and yeah, uh, yeah. Jinja, you know, all of that. But, you know, Jinja, JSON, they, were, they can be used within Python. So, yeah, but you're right. I mean, there are some complicated, there are some cool things that you can do that can be complicated. Yeah. The only thing that pisses me off at Ansible is because it's using YAML is you can't use tab as God intended. You got to smash <laughs> the space bar unless you yeah. change your editor. Yeah, Ugh, that annoys me. Yeah, because indentation will kill you. I've I've always what been is a, this, what is this Fortran? I've you always know? been a two space indenter, so this has been uh, an easy transition for me. Yeah. <laughs> so so, but it's this again back to Python. It's the same thing. Python, rather than using brackets and stuff as con as uh, delimiters, mm -hmm. it uses tab. You know, it uses spaces, and yeah. so yeah. Oh no! But, I, mean, I, I Python I get itself. That. Python itself is very strict on that. On, yeah. Oh yeah. Spacing. Oh yes. And what whatever spacing you start out with, that's what you better continue using within that. Yep. That program. Yeah. So if you use three spaces, three spaces it is. Got to be three spaces unless you want to go change every line. Uh, uh, <laughs> that part freaking kills me, man. Uh, you're killing me, Smalls. Ah. <laughs> uh. Right, right, Josh. You could because if you're not used to doing the whole spacing thing, yeah, <laughs> you'll be thinking this is all right. This syntax is perfect. It looks fine, and the errors are sometimes very vague. <laughs> I have to say, yeah, you know, yeah. So, at any rate, um, you uh, so the 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 talk that you gave at Ansible Fest we, is in the show notes. Um, I hear you're giving it again, though. Yeah, but I, I, I actually already gave it. I don't, I don't even know if I'm supposed to say that. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so as you all know, Summit, which, by the way, this is a perfect opportunity for everybody who couldn't afford to go to Red Hat Summit to attend because it is free. Um, yes. but it's yeah, virtual. So you won't be in San Francisco. I <laughs> probably don't want to be in San Francisco right now anyway. Well, <laughs> San Francisco yeah. is probably a little sketchy even when we, when we don't have a pandemic going yeah. on, but I want yeah. it to go anyway. So, so yeah, so I've, I've literally already recorded the talk. Um, and, and, I, and, and I'm not even sure how they're going to do that, but I think they're going to allow people to do breakouts and then you can choose choose your talk. So, yeah, um, I think there's it'll there's, probably be like a very on demand thing. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. People do it well, they canceled the accelerators panel that I was going to be running. They, well, they're I mean, like, I, yeah, we're not we're not doing panel discussions. And I get it. That would have been hard to do. But, but it's still, oh, well, I could have pulled it off. I'm Uncle yeah. Mark. No, it, it could have been done. It would have been hard to organize. Yeah, I know. It could have been held like this, right? In some kind of a right. thing, right? Right. But yeah, but I get why they, I get why, you know, they, they tried, they needed to take three days, shrink it to two. Mm -hmm. I got a very, I got a very polite email yesterday about it. And I'm like, yeah, that's not a surprise because I wasn't, it wasn't on the agenda. So I, I knew in my heart of hearts it was canceled. Yeah. The agenda is uh, already published, right? 
But yeah, yeah, we'll do it in Boston next year. Yeah. I I think I think the talk is a shoe in. Uh, yeah. They were very excited to approve it. Absolutely, it, it, absolutely. It's a great, it's a great um, um, session. So having I, been a part of it before, yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's heat. right. The two of us. My head swell. Woo! The the yeah, the, yeah. the both of us got to sit in on that in Boston last year. Both Abraham yeah. and I, and I I enjoyed doing it. And the audience, which was like a good percentage of red hatters who really wanted the feedback, seemed to love it too. So was that, that was like good. the fastest forty-five minutes you guys have oh, ever had? Heck in your yes. Life or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Heck Moderating yeah. that was uh, was a roller coaster ride. Yeah, yeah. So we got to give some. I mean, it's, so for anyone who doesn't know what talk we're talking about, uh, Mark did a panel at last year's summit, and I. Sort of, you sort of said, sort of did the same thing at AWS reInvent, didn't you? Was it the, the same talk? Well, it was. Similar? Yeah, that was the genesis of the concept. But right. I think the summit one came out better. Yeah, he had several of us. So we were all Red Hat accelerators at the, at least I was at the time. Um, I was and too. yeah, and uh, the, he basically asked us several questions about Rel, what we like about it, and what we don't like about it, and we all got to give very honest feedback about what we did and didn't like. And there were a bunch of people like directly from the REL business unit right there in the team. Or Some right there very in the audience. high, yeah, very, very high level people, yeah. uh, high level folk in sys management. You, yeah, the Red Hatters, it was interesting to see them lean forward in their seats, totally engaged <laughs> with what you guys were saying. If and I, what was nice, what was nice is you were so good at telling what sucked, but being super polite <laughs> and funny about it. Yeah. So it, it really was great. Yeah. If, if I had any idea that within a year I'd have been working here, I don't know if I'd have been so frank. <laughs> you said no, no. Having, nothing you said from the firm. outside. From the outside. Now that I'm on the inside, I'm like, oh yeah, probably that was completely welcome, right? But oh yeah, yeah, it would have been fine. Yeah, if if I were giving that talk in front of a prospective employer, I would have been a whole different talk. <laughs> mm, correct. <laughs> and it wouldn't have been as good. Right. You're right. You're right. It probably would have been the, the wrong choice. But you know, it's just the way the way it is. You don't want to hurt people's feelings, right? Well, some people. So at any rate, uh, if you're registered for the free event, which will be Red Hat Summit 2020, and if you're not, go ahead and register because, again, free, yeah, why not? free event. Why even, not? Even if you show up for one talk, which happens to be Abraham's, uh, it'll which probably Which you want to it. because it's awesome. Yeah. You want to hear this talk. This right. is great. If yeah. You, that, if, if, if only for the, the email chain thing. Was that included in the new one? Say that again. If only for the email chain part of the talk, is that included in the new talk? Oh. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is basically the same talk. Um, oh, I had amazing. to rebrand oh. it. Well, then don't go watch really? the one I linked in the show notes. You should go watch the one. Watch the new one when Summit happens later this yeah. month. Wow, it is later this month, isn't it? It is. Wow. Yikes! How'd that happen? It is. Yeah, I don't know if this is my internet. Uh, you seem to be a little choppy. Um, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. Maybe it'll hmm. pass. Yeah. Like wind. Hopefully. Like wind. Okay. Well, I think we pretty much covered your uh, your part of the show anyway. So uh, unless you had any final thoughts you wanted to throw in there, if your internet service will allow you to do so. Or I'll... Apparently. Start. Hey, go. Um, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Biggest thing I 
proxy mm. and just make the world a better you know, environment. That's where making the world better starts. And I know that might sound cheesy, but it's absolutely what you have to do. Um, and Ansible allowed me to do that in a little small you know, slither of the So I think we got the message, Abraham, but your internet service is really trying to stop you from saying it. <laughs> you, may want to re you may want to drop and reconnect. Yeah, I so I, okay. I think we'll, we'll start moving into the next part of the show. If you want to reconnect, feel free. Okay, we'll do. Thanks. All right, cool. Woo. All right, so that was that was good. Let's let's hit the the purple button. The purple button. So hopefully Abraham will be back shortly. That'd I hope nice. so. I got to keep watching for him to join in. In the meantime, I'll go into our announcements. See if I can position my windows. Announcements, announcements. So I can actually see when he comes back here. All right. So um, announcements. Uh, we got our usual Patreon update. I think we gained. Was it one or two patrons? Might be two nice. patrons since since our last show, which is pretty cool. I'm I'm happy that's picking up. Not just because um, we want your money but because <laughs> it's, it's nice it's nice to know people like the show enough that you're willing to actually contribute in that way that's pretty great um, we've also had a pickup in our reviews which i'll go into in a minute uh, oh, which nice. is something we've been asking for in, for a long time as well because we we just want to know how how we're doing right i uh, don't feel right reviewing the episodes i'm on but i think the show is baller i hope that helped well i'm i'm glad don't glad change a thing glad to hear it uh, so our patrons uh, for since I grabbed them just earlier today, we've got our longtime patron two two five three two, Andy. Thank you, Andy. I know Andy. Mark, you know Andy. Um, yep. Captain Sog. He's one of our new patrons this month. So and he's I know, a captain. He's a captain. Is that of a starship? He's a captain. No, I, I know him from the DefCon group. So uh, awesome! Okay. Thank you for supporting us, Mr. So Sog. Uh, no, he's not actually a captain. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, uh, right. Uh, Charles Dementor, who we had on the show a couple months ago now. Uh, Gimby B. Jay, who you would also known as Jason, the co-host. <laughs> we also have Jason, not the Jason that's the co-host. Uh, John Julius, Mark with a C, who happens to be in the corner of the display right now. Uh, and Yay. Mark with a K. And Ryan. Ryan might be new too. I think Ryan was on last. He had joined. He had he had given us. Uh, he had joined up before the last show. But anyway, uh, for a grand total of like seventy bucks a month, which is awesome. That covers Libsyn. It covers my uh, my hosting fees for the website and a little bit extra. So that little bit extra can start going into uh, you know like a savings account or something to improve the show, which is exactly what I want to do. Get better equipment, better mics, you know, whatever we need. So, yeah, cool, cool. Josh see. is like, toss a coin to your Witcher. Yes, so. exactly. Well, I paraphrased him because it was funny. Right. I thought it was right. Abraham's not back yet. I hope he's coming back. 
I hope so too. He's fun. I, I, maybe he's rebooting something or something like that. Could be. Could be. Or maybe, maybe he had to patch. Maybe his kids are using all the Wi-Fi's. Maybe he has to go kick them off. Go, stop, stop watching the, that stop, nonsense. Stop the YouTubes and the Netflixes. I'll tell you, if it ever came to it, I would probably do some QoS rules that just gave my systems priority. I go. haven't ever had to do that because RCN's a pretty a pretty solid connection here, but I, I would do it if I had to. Yeah. Yeah. And I've often been tempted to block Facebook at the firewall, but just because it's a cesspool, right? Well, also some of my family members spend too much time and actually believe half the crap that's on it. So Yeah. Yeah. All right, so on to reviews, which is the next big thing we have to talk about because we got a new review. Yay, this came through Apple Podcasts. Oh, wait, I see Abraham coming back. Yay! Hi, Abraham. Hello. You don't look nearly as pixelated as you did when you dropped out. That's a good thing. Did did you have to kick the kids off of the Netflix or something? (laughs) No, you know, no, I I was still, I didn't remember, but I was still uh, uh, connected, so... Oh, and his audio's crapping out again. Yeah. Well. Oh, yeah. Well, let me get through this review, and then we'll see if your uh, your connection improves. Okay. All right. So uh, we got a review through through Apple Podcasts from a user named ATF Fan. So I don't know what ATF stands for here. Isn't that like some government agency or something? Um, mm, I think it's automatic okay. transmission fluid. In my world, that's what ATF means. Um, but so, are you really are you really a fan of automatic transmission fluid? I mean, I is mean, that something to get passionate about? I'm I'm a fan of it in that it makes my transmission work. Right, but so, like, do people sit around talking about how great their particular brand is? I don't know. Maybe they do. You would be surprised. Mm. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Okay, so his review is or their review. I don't know. I don't want to make any assumptions. Uh, subject is enjoying it. Uh, enjoy the show. Only suggestion is to blend the volume a bit. Jason always seems way quieter. So I boost the volume while he talks and then hurt my ears when he's done. <laughs> oh, he's not wrong. And that's unfortunate. Uh, we have fought with trying to get a better audio level um, for all the hosts and guests on the show since pretty much the beginning of the show. We've gotten about as good as we can, I think, with the equipment that we have. Um, do do better yeah do better do better so the the problem don't suck as much yeah the problem no, has it's... to do with um just volume levels coming into whatever it is we're using to host the show and then getting it into my mixer and then i have a certain amount of control at the mixer level but basically all the guests on the show go into the same channel on the mixer so if i turn it up then everyone gets louder if i turn it down everyone gets quieter when it's just me and jason i can fiddle with that a lot more and i try to get it just right and the levels that I see coming into my audio recorder are pretty spot on, and I try to get them just right. But the slightest little thing is, like, see, if I move back from my mic just a little bit, I get a lot quieter, right? Well, so, yeah, because, yeah. yo, physics. Right. But uh, the, the point is, between the two of us just sitting there, like, if he moves his chair a little bit, he gets quieter. You see, I intentionally position myself that I can't really move away from the mic and be at the computer at the same time, so... See, my mic is attached to my face. That's so another way to do it. There. That is a way to do it. See? And I they, can, I can they move do make, around and I'm good. Yeah. They do make professional level um, earpiece microphone setups, which I have thought about getting for myself just so I get this thing out of my face while I'm recording. Um, but I don't know if that would help Jason because 
Well, he's a little finicky. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I I I don't know enough about your his specific situation. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for the review, ATF fan, and I hope you like your automatic transmission fluid. Or whatever that's for. <laughs> Leave us another review and tell us why maybe you called he worked, yourself Maybe that. he's a government person, you know, works for alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. That could be. Could be. Or he just really likes them. That's the government agency I was thinking of, by the way. ATF. ATF, I didn't yeah. know what it's called. Alcohol, tobacco, firearms. Yep. <laughs> and in the Fallout universe, it's the ATFL. It's the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Lasers. Oh, yeah, because lasers wouldn't really be covered by firearm, would it? Right. Because they don't fire. Yeah. But that's the Fallout universe, which is obviously, you know, make-believe. The ATFL. Well, I, I think it could be real in, like, a well, short amount of maybe. time if this if it, things keep not. going the way that they are. Well, no, Fallout's <laughs> based on a post-nuclear yes. war thing. Yes. Although, yes. if we piss the Chinese off uh, off enough, maybe, well, who knows? But let's wasn't there a football league called the – oh, it was the AAFL. The football league nobody ever watched? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. didn't even finish the full season. There was yeah. uh, there was also no the was there's also the uh, the LFL. You ever heard of that one? Oh, yeah, that's the latest one by the wrestling guy, right? No, no, it's the Lingerie Football League. Oh, <laughs> it's really a thing. Ha! <laughs> okay, it's been around quite a while too. <laughs> okay, well, of course it would be. I forget where I heard about it, but it does exist. Maybe it's not that's, anymore, that, but it did that, then. That's a new one to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not quite as lingerie as you'd think, but uh, but it is. It is an all women's football <laughs> league where they wear things that are not what you'd expect football players to wear. <laughs> wow, never been to a game, but I'm definitely looking it up. One of uh, one of the oddest sports I've I've seen, and there's some pretty odd sports out there. <laughs> At any rate, um, right. I'm gonna drink some more beer after that. Yeah, I went. Out, I'm at my calorie limit for the day, so I just have to be satisfied with what I've had so far. Yeah, well, I've I've only got the one beer left, and um, well, as we mentioned before the show, going out for beer may or may not be um, an important enough thing to leave the house I think for in the current. That's a decision. <laughs> that's a decision everyone has to make themselves. Yeah. But for me, yeah. it's not worth it. The it's fact. Not- Plus, I have some beer in my fridge. The fact that in Pennsylvania, beer distributors are considered essential makes me think it's completely normal to to go out for an emergency run to the beer distributor. (laughs) I just, yeah, we're just being super paranoid about not exposing ourselves to other people. Do you live in a in a in a urban area or more rural? Um, Uh, Rural ish is mine. It's certainly not a city. My town, I I live in like a small town ish, like pretty, my neighborhood's very open and rural. I do have uh, two, I I mean, my, my inner Jersey person laughs when we call them cities, but they're pretty big. Uh, Bethlehem and Easton. Oh yeah. Um, They're, they're, they're somewhat urban. Uh, But again, but again, I'm from Jersey. So when I think urban, you know, I'm, you know, that whole blade, that blade runner, North Jersey scape there. There's you no know. skyscrapers here, but yeah, I mean the 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 town I'm in, we're it's more like a suburban town, I guess you'd call it, where it's okay. there's not a lot of space between houses, but we're also not stacked on top of each other. 
Yeah. I'll t- and I'll tell you, not being stacked on top of each other is probably saving my sanity during this. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's probably also yeah. saving your health because yeah. it's all those oh, yeah. it's all those areas where people are stacked on top of each other that have the highest. Uh, um, so what I'm looking for infection rates. So. Yep. Just because there's so many more people, you know, it's so much easier to get exposed. Where I can like be in my house, be in my backyard, even go out like around the block or whatever, and never run into a person. Right. So it sounds very scientific to me. Indeed. Scientific. <laughs> we don't we don't have our, our resident virologist on. Um Jason's been listening to a of a, a virology podcast for like, I don't know, seven, eight years. So he's he's absorbed a whole lot of information about how uh, infectious so, things so work he's a, and whatever. He, he's a little more advanced than Facebook Karen, who's Googled Absolutely. And, yes. And now is they're a medical the, doctor. They're not in the same league even. <laughs> <laughs> buy my essential oils yeah. all right jason does not have a tendency to share hearsay it's always stuff he's he's actually seen some science or facts behind which is one so of the abraham, reasons uh he's uh he's a co-host of the show so yeah so abraham as you can see we've babbled for an hour and we're <laughs> you know we've got, got a bit more to go so this is pretty much how things run yeah this is kind of how the show goes Okay. Uh, so moving on in the show notes, the only thing I had to chat about tonight is that uh, Jason and I worked together for a uh, an article written for Enable Sysadmin. So this is one of the first times I think I've ever seen a joint article posted there. Uh, but since nice. he since he has a lot of network chops, and he and I worked together so closely <coughs> on very similar uh, topics in the past, um, we wrote an article about network packet captures. Um, this was a thing that, uh, enable sysadmin had come to me and said, Hey, we have a topic. We think you can probably write this. And I said, Hey, do you mind if I have a friend help me? And then we did. Hey. Yeah. Right. Because, uh, I just thought it would be even better if we could, you know, at, at the very least to have Jason review what I wrote and make sure that it all made sense, you know, see if maybe there was a better way to do it or whatever. Um, and nice. it's basically, it's basically about, uh, capturing packets and inspecting them to, uh, I use DHCP as a uh, as an example. Um, now, do you uh, do you follow a catch and release policy with packets? No, no, absolutely not. Packets can be murdered and slaughtered because you're essentially wow. cloning them. Yikes! <laughs> That's harsh. When you do a packet capture, you're just making copies of them and storing them locally. They're like clones; they have no rights. But oh, geez, <laughs> you know that is that is brutal. And and it's really hitting me because uh, I'm I've got a personal project now where I'm watching on you, Disney Plus. If you tell all me the you're Star- going to clone somebody, no, no, no. <laughs> on Disney Plus, I'm watching all the Star Wars stuff in story order. So I suffered through Phantom Menace. Sorry to hear that. Suffered a, suffered a little less through Attack of the Clones, uh, and now I'm in the uh, Clone Wars series. Which, by the way, it's supposed to be a kids show. It is friggin' dark. Yeah. It is dark. I've, I've actually never seen all of Clone Wars was, was one of the best of the Star Wars universe right. uh, shows to me. Uh, watched and, every and, one of them. And Anakin is, is such a more likable character as a cartoon than he was in the live action. Yes. Yeah. yeah, actually, I'm actually looking at him saying, like, wow, I feel bad he's going to become the Dark Lord of the Sith. Yeah. Right. I've, and there's actually there's an episode I saw a few years ago, but it's the next one on the plate with, with Jar Jar. And Jar Jar doesn't suck. Like, they actually make possible. Jar Jar. They, they pull a miracle and make Jar Jar enjoyable. Oh, Misa. So, yeah. <laughs> so, but. 
but the clones, they like just friggin' kill clones. Like they give the, the clone as a name. You start to get to know him a little bit. And they then all of a sudden, him. bam, he's dead. I'm like, this is a kid show. <laughs> oh my God. I, yeah. I agree with Joshua. It filled in so much of the story for me between um, two and three. Yeah, I'm totally enjoying it. So I do Clone Wars and. And then I do the next one's obviously going to be Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. And then there's a there's another cartoon series that's in there somewhere, Rebels. And I'm not sure yeah. where that fits in in the whole Rebels solo. Obviously, Rogue One goes right before Episode Four. Um, yeah. But so that's my that's a personal project I'm working on. Obviously, it's super produ productive and important and critical. Yeah. I think so. I mean, when you're stuck in your house and can't leave, right? Well, you know, I've joked. This is the war I was born to fight. <laughs> yes. Stay what? You need me to stay home and watch TV and play computer games? <laughs> to victory, my friends! To victory! <laughs> yeah, I, I, I read... Well, you know, they're floating all over social media, social media but they, they basically say that, like, Generation X was... Sorry, getting a little patriotic. Generation X was born can we to get live a big, in this time. <laughs> can we just get a big flash of an eagle on the screen just for a few seconds? No, uh, I guess we can. I don't know if I can... We should have prepped for that. There's, you know, my, my grandfather's America! flag behind me, so how's that? Yeah. That'll work. <laughs> oh, wow, that's nice. I salute your grandfather's flag. America. I'm sure he appreciates so, it. So, uh, Iron Sysadmin, so Enable Sysadmin, that's pretty cool. That started, what, last year at Summit was when we talked to Jason Hibbets about it? Were you in on that uh, conversation? I don't think I was, but... That was in the VIP tent, the special tent that we got to go in and meet Jim Whitehurst. Yeah, that's... Yes, that's, I'm, I'm bringing that up on purpose again. Yes. Awesome. But you bring yeah, it up on I, purpose because I didn't go to that. <laughs> oh, why didn't you oh, go really? to that? You missed that? No, so like I was I was tired after, you know, three days of summit and I just oh, wanted to like geez. go back and hang out. I didn't really care that much about the party. And then you guys got to meet freaking Jim Whitehurst and And Paul Cormier. And Paul Cormier. And I had the conversation with Jason Hibbets about enable sysadmin. And I'm like, hey, uh, the accelerators can help you with this. And he was like, sweet. Yeah. So yeah. a lot, a lot happened in that tent and none of it was X-rated. A lot <laughs> happened in that tent. Now I even more you wish I was there. Out. You should have been. Yeah. There's great pictures. I'll have to wave them at you. Mm -hmm. Abraham was there. Yeah, I, I know. Was I was, it, it I was turns back. Out. There's a great picture of you talking to Jim. I, I took it. I was back at the hotel room tinkering with something I had Fisher heard about. Was. This, uh, something I had heard about in one of the talks I was at during the day. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to fight a fiddle with this. And you that was really that like, at any time. Yeah, you, I yeah, know, you... but it's just the way it's. The... As, as, as the great line from the third Indiana Jones movie says, you have chosen poorly. I chose poorly. I chose poorly. <laughs> I bet you won't do that this year. When we go into the virtual tent, you'll be right there with us, won't you? Yeah, uh, right. In the virtual I VIP tent. I don't, think, I don't think there's going to be a virtual you VIP you tent. Don't think so? But if there is, you need to be in that tent, mate. Well, that, that'll be a lot easier to make. <laughs> yeah. So at any rate, new article in <laughs> from Jason and I. Um, go go check it out. It's in the show notes and let me know what you think. <laughs> 
I glanced through it and it seemed pretty cool. Yeah, there's even pictures. Pictures Ooh, of those pictures. cloned pla- packets that I slaughtered later. Oh, because you're, yeah. <laughs> wow. Friggin' murder. like the Clone Wars. <laughs> oh, terrible, terrible, terrible. Uh. <laughs> this is pretty interesting. What if you had like eight people in here? <laughs> it uh, would go on for hours. Oh, I, I think, I think this, it would be chaos. This podcast would be chaos. I mean, even if, if Jason had made it, it would be chaos right now. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, and, I, and I start to get punchy in the second hour. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it still yeah. would have been plenty of fun. So don't don't get me wrong. Yeah. We miss punchy you, as in a boxer or punchy as in like a 57 Chevy with a, with a, a 800, I mean, a 400 engine. <laughs> More like the Chevy, I think. Yeah. Right, oh, right. okay. okay. No, just goofy, man. I haven't outright sung anything yet. Though. No, that did happen last time, though. I think <laughs> I we'll have what you sang, but you sang. I'll I'll, I'll figure something out. I'll yeah. insert something in the in the natural flow of the show. Right. So, speaking of the natural flow of the show, which we've paused while we're talking about the Clone Wars and how I slaughtered packets and how I didn't get to meet Jim Whitehurst at Summit last year. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part of the show where we would normally chat about updates from between Jason and I, but since he's not here, I don't know if I have any updates because I've been locked in the house for a month. Um, I think we may as well just move on to the news. Unless either of you are doing anything really awesome that you'd like to talk about. Well, I talked about my project already, and I've been playing the shit out of Animal Crossing New Horizons. It's a game I can play on my Switch with my kids, including my daughter who's in Kutztown. And it is just so super chill and cool that yeah. if you have a Switch, you should totally buy it. It's it's amazing. Did I see on Facebook that you are making 3D printed face shields? No, my 3D printer, I had to replace a component and I haven't gotten the damn thing calibrated. I replaced the component right before going on vacation with my wife mm-hmm. at the beginning of March. And I just... I, I caught cooties, so I had no energy for a couple of weeks, and I just I haven't bothered. Like, I, okay. so it's one of those things I need to to get to get back online because I miss three D printing. I enjoy it. So that that is a thing. Anyone who has a three D printer, I don't know the specifics of it because I don't have a three D printer. I haven't had a chance to look into it. Um, everyone's talking about how hospitals need masks and face shields, right? So people are making masks, um, but people have released a pattern or whatever you call it, a print file. Four 3D printers. Yeah, it's a, where you, you can, can call it a pattern. You okay. can be like an old lady. It's a sewing pattern. It's a sewing pattern. A print file, whatever, for 3D printers where you can actually print these face shields that they need with the, the visor. I think, does it print the visor too? Or is that like a separate it, it, thing? It, it depends on the on the STL you're using. And by the way, it's called an STL. I forget what it, that's the extension. I, I okay. forget what it actually is. But I mean, you can you, on a 3D printer, can you print a clear lens? If you use or clear it, ink. Or clear material. It wouldn't be like yeah. smoky or pitted or something? Uh, smoky or pitted? What the fuck? What are you talking about? Well, I don't know, because you're you're melting the plastic and, and creating no, this thing no, out no, of it. Would, resol- it, would it have... Resol- no, the re- it can print very smooth resolution. Okay. It so doesn't yeah, have to be... Then maybe that's what they're pitted. maybe that's what they're doing. What are you, what are you, they're, they're you're you're smoking and pit it, man. Perhaps. Oh my word. <laughs> Look, I don't know. I like I said, I do not own a 3D printer. I've never printed with a 3D printer. I've seen uh. yours run, but you weren't making something clear. <laughs> I just uh. I just pulled it up. I, I thought it would be like twenty thousand dollars for a 3D printer, but no, they're getting mine cheap. was a couple hundred. Mine's a couple hundred bucks. I yeah. use a uh 
Oh, monoprice. And now monoprice is not exact. I've had to I had to RMA two printers and they and I finally just upgraded to the next model up. And then I had a friggin' failure on this one. So it's not the most reliable thing on two feet. The other thing about 3D printing is remember how Linux was in the late 90s, early 2000s? Yeah. Where you had to just screw around to get things to work. That's where we are with 3D printing right now. And if that excites you, fantastic. I enjoy that aspect of it, but it is not something for an impatient, non-nerdy person to get into. Uh, it, it would be frustrating as hell if someone's not technical. What kinds of things can you print? Like anything. Uh, well, here's Baby Yoda. <laughs> baby Yoda. Baby, Baby Yoda. Oh, um, he's singing. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, I've made cookie cutters. I've made... Uh, I make a lot of neckerchief slides for the scouts. Okay. You know, I custom designed some neckerchief slides that have a unit number on them. Um, if I wanted to, I could make pieces for my games and stuff. I mean, it, 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 it's one of those things where uh, it's a little goofy, but, you know, you make a lot of tchotchke little things. Like, so there's a game called Stardew Valley that my one daughter and I both like playing. So this is a little guy from Stardew Valley that I, that I printed and then paint it. Yeah. So, uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, you can but make little my, figurines, oh, okay. or you can make like, but like so, actual so useful made, things too. Like I have made a few useful things. Uh, like I said, I've made some cookie cutters. I made a full set of Harry Potter cookie cutters. I made a Baby Yoda cookie cutter. Did your wife ever try the Baby Yoda cookie cutter I made for you? I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe you're a bad person. You feel bad. Oh man. <laughs> So um, I gave it to her and I said, you should try to make a cookie where it went from there. I don't know. <laughs> uh, my one daughter, Maggie, comes up with things for me to make. Like, she's like, hey, dad, can you make me a little coin holder for my car? Like, to yeah, hold there you go. and yeah, sure, I can do that. <clears throat> um, I made a back scratcher, which is kind <laughs> of, well, cool. two, of the seg- two of the segments have broken. I've got it. But so I, I just need to reprint those segments once I've got the, the, the printer back up. But it's a really good back scratcher. All right. Because it really, it really, you can really get those annoying itches. Yeah. So, so is it sturdy or is the stuff you make, is it sturdy? So uh, I don't know. It's if, fairly sturdy. I don't know if you remember, Abraham, but like a year, year and a half ago, there was a, there was a big stink about a, um, a Second Amendment rights activist page that had released um, a pattern file or STL file about how you could literally 3D print your own firearm. So that's how sturdy it can be. Now, I don't know how many uses you'd get out of that firearm, but you could literally 3D print a firearm. And then there was a big stink about it, and they had to take it down. Yeah, it's like In the Line of Fire. Remember the plastic gun the dude made in In the Line of Fire? Great movie if you've never seen it. John Malkovich being creepy. Yeah, yeah. Clint, East, Clint Eastwood's a Secret Service agent, and John Malkovich is stalking the president. Great, good movie. You should watch it. Interesting. Okay. So, it, so it's at least Lego. Lego plastic is pretty st- sturdy. It Not is. Sturdy. It is pretty freaking solid. Now, uh, now, let me qualify here. You, as the nerd, what you do is you use this program called a slicer. You t- the STL is a three D file, but the STL, it. it doesn't necessarily uh it doesn't know anything about your printer 
And every single 3D printer has a unique geometry. So you set up a program called the slicer and the slicer knows everything about your printer. And in the slicer, you pull in the STL and then you got to remember gravity is a thing. Like I've set up models in there and not had them aligned properly. And I'm like, Oh shit! I guess it can't print midair. So and so the slice. So you set the model up in there, and the slicer allows you to do things like automatically have uh, supports printed. Supports are like weakly attached, so exactly what they sound like. So yeah. like Yoda here, his ears obviously uh, there were supports. This when he printed, he looked like Yoda who had been in a like a cocoon because there were various uh easily detachable pieces you could pull away. So things like his hands and his ears and stuff could could print suspended in the air because the supports were under them. Gotcha. So the slu- so what the slicer does is it takes the STL after you tweak it and you can set up like what's what fill do you want to use? Um you can scale it bigger, smaller, and then it creates what's called a G-code file. And a G-code file is just a big-ass text file. And when you read it, it's just all the instructions for the printer to follow the entire way. Gotcha. You're making me think I might want to waste it's, a couple hundred dollars. So It's um, a lot of fun. The, uh, um, the monoprice printers, it, it's funny you mentioned that because when we did the Hack Your Derby contest at DerbyCon last year, we needed prizes of course. Well, our top prize was a 3D printer and it happened to be Monoprice because they were inexpensive and had decent reviews. I mean, in, yeah. when I say inexpensive, it was sub 200 if I remember correctly, like 180 yeah, bucks or the, something. The model I have, I think, was the model I have was in the threes. The model I had before that was in the twos or under 200 and I'm like, you know what? They, they discontinued the specific model I had. I'm like, you know what? Uh, give me a refund, and I'm going to upgrade to a new model with the credit. And the guy's like, yeah, we can do that. Oh. And I'm, I'm, it's a better printer, but like I said, I just I, I need to calibrate it, and I just haven't because I'm a terrible person. I was sick, and then now I'm playing Animal Crossing all the time because <laughs> I'm a I'm a 14 I'm a 12 year old girl apparently trapped in a 53 year old man's body. Explains all the wow. Disney princess pictures I saw when you were in Disney. <laughs> oh, dude, personal project. Selfies with every single Disney princess. I got Mulan this time. All right. And I got a good picture with Ray. There yeah, was a good Mulan. picture. I saw that. I didn't realize Mulan was a princess, but. Absolutely. She's a princess. Okay. Yes, sir. I'll make a man out of you. Yeah. <laughs> Love I'm actually movie. stoked about the Mulan movie. I out. am too. Disney catches so much shit because what they do is they catch crap if they do a shot-by-shot remake of an animated movie. Right. Yeah. And they now catch they're catching they crap. <laughs> now they're catching crap with Mulan because they're actually making the movie to stick more with the original lore. Yeah. And I goosebumped every time I saw the trailer for it. Yeah. Uh, the crew, we were on the Disney cruise earlier in March before we realized how bad the stupid pandemic was going to get. Mulan was not on the ship, but watching the, the Mulan trailer in the theater, because every Disney cruise ship has a theater. And of course it's it awesome. <laughs> I was like, oh, so good. Yeah. Cool. I got to see Onward in the theater, which was nice on oh, the ship. Cool. And I saw The Call of the Wild, the, the one with Harrison Ford, who looks like he's about 300. Yeah. Good movie. <laughs> 
I think they just called it the call. We uh, we saw Onward because we're, we're, we, they didn't they didn't put it in theaters because of the pandemic, and they put it right on Disney. Yeah. Well, they put it out for purchase. I think. Um, kids love. Do it. you have Disney Plus? We do have Disney Plus. Disney Plus is baller. If you haven't watched it yet, watch the Imagineering story. It's we, amazing. We started watching yeah. it and haven't finished it. We probably should now that I, we're all stuck in the house. I I leg- I've seen it twice through already. <laughs> there are points where I still choke up. Yeah. It is so good. Yeah, we were I think we were on the episode where um where they were planning out the parks and I guess yeah, that was when Walt died. The right? first episode. Yeah. No, Walt it was dies the second the episode I thought. Wasn't it? Walt dies at the very end of the first episode. Then we there were only an episode in. <laughs> I thought we were two episodes in. I guess not. Now he dies. Of the, the first episode is so packed full of content. Yeah. Yeah. And there's and, a couple and, of and, other documentaries. Like there's one where Walt, it's uh, Disney through the seasons, which originally ran on TV. Uh, that's a good, that's an interesting view. And that's fascinating because that's footage from the original Disneyland. Disney world didn't exist yet. And it's there's like footage of one of the parades and the people are dressed hilarious. I mean, because yeah. it was the sixties. Well, but, Nate, don't worry, you have time. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, the time time. Now. I don't know. I have too many personal projects that Work. I never have now, time. I feel like I've like babbled for 15 minutes and delayed the news. So yeah, I apologize. It is time to transition no, I, on I into the news. For it. You don't need to apologize, but we hit are gonna we're gonna hit the button again. Oh, I missed the button. There's the button. How'd you miss the button? Listen, button. There we go. Have you ever thought about inserting little things in the middle of that transition? Like, and now the news. Listen or die. We could. We could could add that in there. I I don't know. All right, just a thought. I mean, we still have stuff like um, and Marvin. Where's the kaboom? Yeah. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. You need Marvin. <laughs> yeah, you do need Marvin. So, since so what I, do we have in the news? Since I've run out of beer, I've switched to uh, root beer. Mm. <laughs> Not really the same. Not really the same, but it's what I had handy, and I need things to drink. Otherwise, my I mouth gets dried beer. out while talking on a podcast. All right. So, so given the folks that we have on the show tonight, it should be no surprise that our first article is about who is now going to be the CEO of Red Hat, which was announced this week. Is the CEO now? He actually is now. Correct. Sorry, he he is the CEO now. Um, but yeah, uh, this is from ZDNet. Uh, why not the best? Red Hat vet Paul Cormier. Why not? takes over as CEO. Uh, So the article goes into a bunch of stuff that Paul has done and why they think he's the best. Um, I'm not going to (laughs) disagree. It's hard to disagree with all that he's done. Yeah, right. So uh, it was, uh, I I think, from our perspective, good news, right? I know, Mark, you were were pleased with it, and you've got the most tenure at Red Hat out of the the three of us here. You calling me old now? Um, Not at all what I said. (laughs) yeah i was super excited and and we were talking about it a little in the pre-show and one of the reasons i'm super excited is first of all paul's no bullshit artist like he just he's such a straight shooter and and i really appreciate that about him 
Uh, but also he's a nerds nerd, right? So it, at Red Hat, Nate and I are live under ultimately the products and technologies umbrella. So Paul is our vice president. So so to to see someone who's been part of the company since the critical move to the subscription model and now you know he's he's in charge of everything uh i'm super pumped i gotta tell you when the day that we announced that the ibm thing got announced it was like oof, oh my god my company's gonna die yep but i i will say this entire journey has gone as perfect as it could have been like we now have Jim Whitehurst is the president of IBM, which means he handles a lot of the internal stuff. And we are busily borging IBM right now, like trying to change <laughs> their culture from the inside. We're eating, I eating think, IBM I, instead of the other way around. No, I think in the end, Red Hat really will help change IBM and turn them into a uh, you know, I have I have a controversial hat that one of the sales guys made about a year ago that says "Make IBM Great Again." You know, and obviously that that's a hot little joke in in American politics, but right. I honestly believe that we are going to make IBM great again. Yeah. And IBM's done some cool stuff over the past hundred years. I mean, they have. that's they have. Yeah, I mean, IBM so, gets kind of a bad rap for being like the big guy in the room, you know, the the big fish or whatever, uh, because they, well, you know, they're they're but, IBM. They've been around forever. People have reason to like or dislike right. them, um, but, but they but, they really were pioneers. The beginning of all of all this. Well, the fact that they are the big guy in the room tells you how great they actually are. I mean, right. how many hundred year tech companies um, do you know of? I mean, what tech was well, there a hundred years ago, right? That's what I mean. Technically, I th tech, technically, Nintendo might be, but they started as a playing card company. <laughs> Did they? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, my son's obsessed with all the Nintendo stuff. He can talk your ear off about it. Your son yeah. never. Yeah. Like someone with your genes well, could talk their ear off. Over he, or something? He, he, yeah. Oh, shut up. <laughs> yeah, he definitely takes after the old man. Now I'm like knocking over my stuff because I caught the cord on my headphones. You can still hear me, right? Yeah, <laughs> can hear you fine. I but can yeah, hear I you. Super, We're good. I didn't I, break anything. <laughs> I was super excited to see Paul get the position. And we had a good internal call this week. Yeah. And it, it just made me feel even better. So I think he was a great, a great call. I'm super happy. Red Hat's learned. We've kind of stopped pulling in. Uh, people from the outside, like, yeah, we don't, y y you're working for some shitty company. Just don't, don't come in here and try and tell us how to do our jobs, how to, how to run our business. Yeah. We got this. Like we had a CFO a few years ago who was not, never really a red hatter. He never really became one. And, uh, yeah. He got shown the door, right? Is that the guy that Oh yeah, he got shown. Well, no, that was that was his replacement, who actually seemed a decent fellow. But I don't want to talk about that because that's dirty laundry. Um, but the guy before him, uh, Frank, Frank never really became a red hatter, and you could tell. Yeah. And he started to do some stuff internally that that stank of like, you know, bullshit that other companies do, like outsourcing and whatnot when not needed. Ah, yeah. So. Never Can good. I, yeah. Never good stuff. No, no. So he 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 ended up not being compatible and Red Hat kind of spat him out. 
happens. I we guess. got some strong. We got some strong antibodies, man. Yeah. But yeah. All right. So yeah, uh, I mean, pretty pretty good news from our perspective. Uh, hopefully, pretty good news from the outside perspective as well. I think. Uh, I think if you care about Linux, it's fantastic news. Yeah. 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 Uh, I guess fortunately or unfortunately, we don't have stock to see how the street feels about it. Yeah. Right. Well, but I think I think a lot of it. Like IBM stock has gone up quite a bit over the past few days. Yeah. So, uh, and I think that's part of it. In fact, when I was reviewing for news for tonight, I saw a number of articles about how IBM stock is going up. Yeah. And I think a lot of the stuff we do is helping with that. So, you know. Well, I hope so. Otherwise, they made a bad purchase. And I don't, <laughs> no. I don't, I don't want them to think that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Valid. Valid. So, moving so along, we've got an article from The Verge, and I included this mainly because it's a topic that uh, Jason and I had touched on uh, either last show or maybe even the show before. Um, Microsoft thinks coronavirus will forever change the way we work and learn, and uh, I think that is a valid point. Uh, there, there, this article is full of statistics from Microsoft about the, uh, the ramping up of usage in their, uh, what's it called? Microsoft Teams? Teams, yeah. Yeah, product. Uh, because, you know, there's a lot of people working remote now, and they need a way to do that. They need a way to facilitate that, and Microsoft Teams is one of the options um, to do that. But Ew. Ew, yeah, sure, I guess. But Microsoft loves Linux now, man. You can't go ew, right? Well, they should. do they have a Teams client for Linux? I don't think Probably so. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, so... So um, really the only point that I was trying to make, I'm not necessarily trying to draw any attention to Microsoft Teams. And honestly, I don't care that Microsoft said this. I think it's true, though, that uh, forcing all of us to work from home. Now, I was already work from home. Mark, so were you. I think you were as well, Abraham. Yeah. Um, so it's really not a much of a change for us. However, I know my previous employer, uh, which is a college, right? They essentially shut down. All their employees are home. All the kids got sent home. Um, they're doing like online learning now. They're doing, at least I think they are. I hope they are. Otherwise, it's <laughs> not going to work out well for them. Um, but I know all their employees got sent home and they're all working from home now. And there's a lot of companies. I mean, every company just about in the U.S. that is now doing that. Either they laid people off, they're essential and they're still working, or they're working from home, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I think I think that this is going to show employers you know, there's a lot of employers that were probably on the fence as to whether, uh, well, you know, no, no, we can't let people work from home. They won't get anything done, right? Because there's a lot of people think that. Uh, and from a school perspective, this whole, like, pick up all of our kids and put them on a bus and send them across town or across the city or whatever to get to a school so they can learn all day and then bus them back home. And, you know, there's a lot of a lot of issues with that that we could never really solve, like bullying and, and you know, just even simple things like the bus breaks down or it gets into an accident or a bus gets hijacked, God forbid. You've seen those stories um, with our kids, right? So now the the all the school districts have been forced to either not have school, which some of them are doing, or uh, school remotely. And it's it's working. And this can show people, like, look, this is an option. Your kid's not going to be some some uh, antisocial fool when they're done, um, because there are there are ways to socialize even if you're not physically present. Um, 
Anyway, I think it you know the, change the a lot. one thing about that though is, you know, the practical side of it is people have to work, yeah. and so if unless we all continue to just stay homebound, um, and I can tell you right now, my wife is like, dude, when does school start? Yes, <laughs> and we're like one weekend, right? Yes, no, I didn't sign up for all of this. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously a big, a big thing for kids going to school is that they have a place to go while mommy and daddy work. So yes, that's another thing. So, so there's a bunch of stuff that's kind of real tragic about this whole thing. So my son's a high school senior, right? He's the president of the chorus and the president of the chorus always gets to conduct a number at the spring concert. That's not happening. He also gets to conduct that number at graduation. Well, his graduation's not going to happen. Yeah, it's, right. it's just not going to happen. He's okay with it. His mother and I are not as okay with it. It's yeah. uh, he's going to Stevens in the fall, uh, you know, to be among the other nerds. My hope is that he'll be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm optimistic, but you know, things could turn. My other daughter, uh, she's a chemistry major at Seton Hall. And she actually applied for a grant to do some research stuff this summer. But depending on what happens, she might not be able to, to, to do that either. Yeah. You know, my son, my son's a, a Boy Scout. He's going to age out. So his last summer camp is supposed to be early August. Again, I hope we get to do that summer camp together. So there's a lot of moments like that, that and, and, and you know. I get compared to some people, these are these are not as big of a deal. There's there's weddings that have been canceled. Yeah. There's been funerals people haven't been able to attend. You know, the my son didn't give a crap, wasn't going to prom anyway. But you know, that's a huge thing for a lot of high school seniors. Yeah. yeah. I'm not suggesting so, so, that we should be moving to a model where no one ever leaves the house, mind you. Yeah. I, I mean obviously are, this is an emergency. Yeah. But but what I will say, here's what I will say. Uh, my, my church has been experimenting with virtual services, Mm -hmm. which while not as good as going there and, and, you know, it, it, it's something, uh, our scout troop, the boys there have risen to the challenge that we've had three virtual meetings on zoom and each is better than the last. Yep. My kids, my kids, girl scout meetings are going the same way. Now the girls aren't doing it because they're much younger, but, um, but yeah, the the scout leaders have have gone to virtual meetings. Where they're holding their the kids dance class via Zoom. Which if you want to yeah. see something that's hard to follow, try hard try watching uh, a dance routine over Zoom. <laughs> yeah. And over yeah. over Zoom over like someone's Wi-Fi hotspot on their cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> which is like choppy and, as and hell. This is the part that slays me. Like business meetings are challenging enough. Like we're in a company that's full of technical people and they sometimes don't know how to video conference. Yeah. It's some of the stuff you deal now that everybody and their aunt, uncle, grandmother are trying to do this. It is occasionally cringeworthy. I'm like, yes. ah, yes. but you know, you don't want to, you don't want to be a gatekeeper. You don't want to be like, well, you don't know how to, you don't know how to use the tools. So you're you doing, can't use you're it. doing it wrong. You can't use you, it. Yeah, no, you need to, have, you need to have some of that compassion that Abraham is talking. Yeah, no, about. I, I think the, the point but I'm trying hard. to make is that this is forcing, it's forcing people to see that side of things. It's forcing people to yeah. try yeah. to do yeah. online work. It's forcing people to try to do online dance class. It's try, forcing people to try to offer their, their church services virtually, right? And at the end of all this, while Mark may prefer to go to his church, 
to have church service. Uh, well, that, that I, I, elderly couple that used to be at the end of the pew that has trouble getting up the stairs every Sunday can now sit at home and watch it. Well, <laughs> further complications is I'm Catholic. So the whole Eucharist thing, you really can't do that virtually, but that's a very specific thing. Yeah. But, but you know, you are right in that what, what it has done is it has forced uh, a, a group of people to at least experiment with technology that they would never have touched. Yeah. Had they not been forced to. One group of people are those um, micromanagers, managers that just feel like you can't work from home because yeah. you won't do anything and they need yeah. to be involved in your life. And um, now they have no argument. Right. Right. And so so if we're going to make some lemonade, the hope really will be that companies will learn that employees can work remotely and and maybe everybody doesn't want to work remotely all the time. Right. Now this I also this also only works if all of those employees that are now forced to work remotely are now responsible remote workers. Because right. you'll have some that aren't. Yeah. <laughs> it, well there's but, people who, but, there's people who can waste away eight, eight hours a day in an office and look like they're busy. You know? yeah. Correct. And, and and to that point you can hold the people that are not working at home accountable, just like you do the people that are not working in the office. So maybe there's a, maybe there's a playbook we can run to, to handle all that. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Let's automate them with Ansible. Oh, this was quite the rabbit hole. Hmm. You think? No, but and yeah, it all I mean, started with Microsoft. All, it all and, started with Microsoft and Microsoft teams that none of us have ever used and probably don't want to. But all of us are using some equivalent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're, whether it's Zoom, whether it's Blue Jeans, whether it's WebEx, you know, and, and all that stuff. So, Mark, that was a really great transition, even though you didn't know it, into our next article. Oh, wow. I did. Wow. Maybe, <laughs> I, maybe I just subconsciously read the whole thing. So so oh. there's 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 two points to cover here. I only included an article that covers the second point. The first point is, well, I guess this isn't the first point necessarily, but uh, a lot of these online um, dance classes and online churches and online schooling and whatever are being handled by Zoom uh, because I believe it was Zoom who offered their services for free to educational institutions that wanted to be able to yep. hold classes. And Zoom is also very easy to use. I mean, yeah. argue if you want, but you know whether you like Zoom or don't. I've used plenty of yeah. Zoom, and it is very easy to use. It doesn't require a password. Sure. They they basically go, you know, your. I think their their model thus far has been more or less uh, through obscurity, right? Your your meeting ID is relatively unique. It's hard to just guess for a person now, anyway. So for someone to you just can, like, you can set a password though. You can set a password, but they're not on by default. Right. Uh, if you just start a meeting, it has your your meeting ID, and it's like what six nine characters. I think they're like nine characters, nine nine numbers, ah, ah. right? So that's a hard thing for a human to guess, but it's a really easy thing for a computer to start trying, right? It's like war games when it was just, just auto when you right. auto die, right? So of course people had to ruin it. Uh, there, the this this new phenomenon called Zoom bombing, which we talked very briefly about on the last show. Uh, where you've got a Zoom meeting, somebody figures out your Zoom meeting ID, whether it's because you published it so that people could join it because it was a public thing, or whether they've done something to generate the number to figure out where your meeting was, or it's just random luck, whatever. They'll drop in, they'll do something offensive like show you boobs, or something horrible like 
you know, goatsy of the past. Sorry. Um, <laughs> or they'll yeah. they'll give you a bunch of racial slurs or something, and then they'll they'll jump out, right? And the whole point is to simply expose something horrible to people, which is a pretty terrible thing to do to begin with, now, especially when you consider, especially when you consider that a lot of these things they're dropping in and doing this to are things like school children, right? Right. So it now becomes like a crime, like a legit crime. Exactly. And that's what the article that I've included is about. The FBI, and this is from ThreatPost, the FBI threatens Zoom bombing trolls with jail time. And I even found other articles, which I also did not include, uh, where they have charged a minor. I think it is. He's a he's a high school high school age kid with Zoom bombing because he'd done it to like another one of his classes or something like that. Uh, So this is getting to be serious now. Uh, Zoom, of course, has responded by adding some security um, into their their product. Um, yeah, the Linux version got patched the other day. Yeah, so uh, Joshua's in our chat saying that they've added a waiting room similar to what you both experienced when you tried to join this. Um, you can also set passwords. I don't know if they're going to bring that to the forefront so that you know you you can set a password on your your meetings a little more uh, readily now. Um, but basically if you're using zoom and you haven't gotten that update, um, just be aware that this is a thing that's going on. I, I, I kind of doubt that people that are listening to this show that this is going to blindside them and say, Oh my God, I had no idea this was happening. Uh, but yeah, it is a thing. And now it's a crime, an FBI level crime. (laughs) So yeah, people are assholes sometimes. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just looking through some of the comments that were flowing in here from Joshua. Thank you for all the comments here. We got uh, yeah, and I'm I'm looking at the article, the Rapid Seven article. That's pretty cool because there's been a lot of things said about Zoom, like they're they're sharing information with the Chinese. Yeah, uh, well, I think they're owned by a Chinese company, aren't they? Who's uh, that? They're publicly traded. Oh, okay. I mean, I I thought that felt like the leadership was Chinese. I think the the CEO is 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 Asian. He might he might be Chinese. Okay, but I don't think. I mean, he's what is this king of hell? Are you Japanese or Chinese? (laughs) 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 Ah, dumb hillbilly. I'm I'm low shit. The ocean. What you live by the ocean? No, dumb fool. Laos. It's a landmark country. (laughs) <laughs> Great episode when when Kang the neighbor first moves in. Kang. Ah, nice. he is so funny. I think it's Kang, or is Kang the alien from home, from The Simpsons? Might be both. Yeah, great character though. <laughs> and Kang the Asian guy that moves in next to the King of the Right, Hill. and of course, of course, you know, of course, Dale, you're either Japanese or Chinese, right? right. There's so ah. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, don't zoom bomb people because if you get caught, the FBI is gonna be mad at you. As they should be. As they Especially should be. Especially if you're exposing like, children to boobies. Like somebody should be, right? I mean, I yeah. I don't know. We've had conversations about uh nudity on this this show in the past. And I like it's it's all about it's all about the way society views that stuff. But the way I understand it, these zoom bombs are not just like nudity. They're really, really terrible things. <laughs> right, yeah. right. And you could blame the you could blame the meeting host for not using passwords and stuff, but right. you know, but again, we're, we're dealing we're dealing with newish people right. getting involved. When it's so your, your Girl Scout event, leader or something who who's never hosted a Zoom meeting not, in her yeah. life, right? Might not even know about the feature. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, and the flip side of that is you do want, I mean, for adoption, you want things to be easy. I mean, yes. everybody can't be a nerd. And that is why Zoom has been picked up because it is easy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because I, you know, I decided uh, Microsoft has released um, Meet Now for Skype, right? Mm -hmm. And they touted it as being easy. And, and, and granted, it is pretty easy, but it's not nearly as intuitive as Zoom. Zoom, you could just send the link. Yep. You can tell the person, hey, on your phone, don't worry about it. It'll take care of it. And just you don't even need to sign up for an account. You just join the meeting. You can join as yeah. a guest. And yeah, just right on in. Yeah. The accelerators have used Zoom for years. And that, that was really the first group that I got exposed to Zoom with. And mm -hmm. I've, I've always been fond of it. I think it's kind of nifty. Yeah, but uh, I noticed that um, all the upcoming accelerator meetings have had passwords added to them now. Well, that's that has nothing to do with the Zoom bombing, I think. Well, maybe it does. I'd have to ask Andy. But I think that's part of the whole fear thing, you yeah. know, when you put it out there. Because um, nobody thought about that. I mean, I, I have a Zoom account, a paid account, which I'm not getting rid of. <laughs> it's just too good. And, and it's been out there for a while. I just never thought. I was like, why would I? Because, you know, I would I would put a password sometimes and people would be like, hey, I can't get in. Yes. Here's the password, you know, again, and I'm not, I am a security minded person. Um, but someone once told me an old grizzled sysadmin said the most secure thing you can have is unplugged, locked away in a closet. Yep. And That's then the it's most stable you, window server. You just <laughs> you pull the power. <laughs> now, Josh, you're talking about uh, the open source uh, Jitsi. Does someone actually have to host that? Because one of the benefits of Zoom and stuff, whether you love it or hate it, if you're Stallman, you hate it, is they're all shipped to deliver to software as a service. So you don't have you don't have to configure right. anything on a box. Right. And like for any of us, like any of us on this on the show, we could do that in about a half hour, I figure. Yeah. So to be honest, when I first started this show and we started started talking about doing live streaming, I wanted to do something where I could host the video part of it myself. And there just wasn't really a good option, at least not that I could find. Um, and then when we what started. What's that? No, Josh is like, nope, use the public. Use the public. And I don't know what that means. You just use, use the force, Luke. Luke. You don't, use, don't try to host it yourself. You use the public. Um, oh. Okay, so it is. It's hosted by somebody. Okay, yeah. I mean, Jitsi's always been a client that I'm aware of. I didn't think it did. Right, but it has to. It has to connect to a server. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. That's what and I mean. You, the page, you can download the server, but he's saying don't download the server. Don't don't try to run it yourself. Yeah, yeah. So, but at any rate, um, we we were using Hangouts on Air through YouTube because that's one of the reasons we have a YouTube channel for this instead of like, you know, a Twitch stream or whatever, because they had hangouts on air and it was just dirt simple. We'd start a hangouts on air. The co-hosts would join in and off we'd go. Uh, then Google took away hangouts on air and replaced it with their new live streaming stuff, which does not support multiple people. Well, because Google, quite frankly, are assholes about things like that. They are. The, they the, are. They'll publish some, they'll provide a service and then they'll be like, yeah, Yoink! You're yeah, done with it. Yeah. So we were and depending then you got on that. like like you got like Google Chat, which we use internally at Red Hat, which is shit. Yes. It's yes. some it's some interns yeah. half finished project. Yeah. Correct. That they said, yeah, this we'll just push this to production. It's good enough. Yeah. Sell it to the enterprise oh, users. What? It's terrible. <laughs> terrible. 
I hate it. So at, at any rate, uh, when that went away, we basically stopped doing live streaming for a little while because I tried streaming it with, with uh, uh, OBS and there were bandwidth problems and I could never get it quite right. But now we're using StreamYard, um, which brings back a very similar feel to what we had with Hangouts on Air. But if I could do something where uh, where this was hosted in another way, right, that, that was a little less software as a service, right, I think I'd be happier with it. Um, but I just was never able to find a thing to do that. Maybe Jitsi solves that. I don't know. Maybe I'll look at it. Take a look at it. Yeah, so the, the key isn't just hosting the meeting. It's hosting the meeting and streaming it to YouTube, which is what StreamYard gets me. And it's what Hangouts yeah. on Air got me. So, yeah. Frustrating that Google killed it. I'm still mad. And the, the problem, you know, I love open source. Obviously, you know, it's a huge deal, but you can cripple yourself if you try and Eric Stallman too much and just use open source things. I've been there. <laughs> I, I mean, used to it, I used to put all my all my files and documents on Nextcloud and I had all my web servers running in my basement on all open source software and you know I did all the all the stuff myself which is like admirable right like I look up to people who do that kind of thing sure. but it got to be an extra job and it, it wasn't fun anymore it's a job yeah. yes yeah yeah but so just I, the the idea of never using anything proprietary it's too extreme for me. Like we need extreme people and we've got a couple of them inside a red hat. We need the extremists to pull the rest of us into the middle. Yeah. I truly yeah. believe that, but I, I can't be, I can't be the, uh, the monk who only uses uh pure open source code and, yeah. you know, never, never runs anything else. That's like, that's like when I was at the power company, they wanted us to only use electricity Dude, I like to cook on gas. I mean, so. <laughs> yeah. Me too. I hate electric stoves. They suck. Lump charcoal, baby. There Lump charcoal. There you go. We have an hey electric guys, stove. I have to, to go, but man, this has been pretty cool. Yeah, we're almost at two hours. We got a couple yeah. articles to get through yet. So, uh, yes, it but has he, been great having you, man. Well, I appreciate the invite, and please invite me back. Yeah, we'll have to have you on again. Maybe we'll have some more Ansible episodes or maybe whatever Please you're learning next. Please don't go. Right? Please don't go. We're almost finished the news. He's, he's singing again. Please don't go. Please don't go. Which is only going to hasten my departure. Yeah. No <laughs> the singing, <laughs> hey, the singing drives him away. <laughs> I, I got to get at least one uh, one Frozen tune in every episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll learn OCP and come back and talk about that because that's what they've been pushing in my part of the world, the Red Hat world. Yeah, yeah. well, that's OP, that's being that's, that's a pretty popular thing right now. OPC. Oh yeah, it sure yeah. is. Pretty popular. Well, anyway, you you and Jason have have a have something pretty cool here. So when you get famous. Really famous. It's been three years. I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, well, no matter you don't know him. Like, sure. Abraham. Mm. Who's that Abraham guy? All right. Snell? Who is this Snell creature? (laughs) All right, guys. Well, listen, keep it. Hey, Josh, other options are amazing, by the way. Other options are always good. Sorry, I'm talking to chat. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. Keep it between the ditches. (laughs) <laughs> and I will talk to you, Uncle Mark. You've never heard that before. I 
It sounds like... I hope that's referring to like driving down a road where there's ditches on both sides, right? Don't don't go in the ditch. Don't go in the ditches. All right. We we use pavement up in the northeast. So. I, know. I I try to avoid it whenever possible, but yeah, <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. So thanks, Abraham. We'll catch you next time, I guess. Or Take whatever. care, my friend. <laughs> Great catching up. All right. So I had an article here about Android 11's update system, but to be honest, I don't care. We're gonna skip that one. I'm an iPhone user, so yeah, whatever. <laughs> well, it had to do with the way updates are applied to Android, and it's neat technology, but to be honest, I was just trying to add articles, and it's not that interesting. Uh, but things that are interesting, okay? This is so this is so interesting that it made Business Insider. And the headline is, iPhone and Android users won't get any new emojis in 2021 because of the coronavirus. <laughs> How the hell do those two things even make sense together? I don't know. And I'm going to be completely honest. I haven't read the article, but I had to include it because of that title. (laughs) Can I just arbitrarily not do things and say, well, because (laughs) because of the coronavirus. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not taking the garbage out, hon, because of the coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't think... The, I don't think I'm going to shower this week, you know, the, because of the coronavirus. The the nonprofit that releases standardized <sighs> sets of emoji for Android and iOS on Wednesday said that it was postponing the release of its next set of standards by six months to September 2021. So doesn't that mean that it's going to be 2021? Didn't the article say not in 2021? So we've got a misleading headline. Maybe, and maybe if I... Yeah. I mean, if I read the rest of it, it would all make sense. Maybe that maybe there's a standards body for emojis. Apparently, and it's a nonprofit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, how many emojis do we need? I mean, I feel like we've got a huge number of them already. Obviously, we need more. <laughs> I mean, I'm not there's a, a I'm standards not a, body I, for it. Yeah, I'm not a teenage girl, so maybe I don't understand. Are they are they the same ones that took away the the gun emojis and replaced them with, with squirt pistols? Because you know, gun oh. violence is a bad thing. I don't know, man. I'm not going down that. Yeah, rabbit right. Hole. We shouldn't go down that rabbit hole, um, especially since there's a gun cabinet behind me. Well, <laughs> my daughter's venture crew used to have a Second Amendment weekend every summer where we shot. things at the gun club oh yeah we said yeah that's our favorite amendment so we're gonna have a camping trip around it hey you know that's pennsylvania though well so i mean personally i i feel like in the u.s since it is a right to own a firearm there should be some level of exposure that everyone should have to firearms and if they choose to not own one later that's fine i don't care if you don't want to own a gun but uh, I think I feel like there's a lot of people that have no idea what they're about, how safe or dangerous right. they are, or anything, and they're trying to make legislature around firearms that they don't even understand. Around um, scary looking. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So um, I'll leave it at that because I try to avoid. Push us down the rabbit yeah, hole. I, I try to avoid politics on this show, but. Um, yeah, that's a good plan. So yeah. let's stop. So what's we're gonna... this last article last... about Google Android Rail keyboard talkback more accessible? Yeah. So this is. That's um... just me reading the hyperlink. <laughs> I just thought this was neat, okay? Uh, Google now offers a Braille keyboard for Android. Right now they do. They could just take it away again. Yeah, they could take it away at any moment. It could be gone right now, for all we know. But this is from The Verge. Um, And I just thought it was neat that um, 
apparently like built into Android now. There's going to be a Braille. I don't even know what a Braille keyboard looks like. Like, what do these look like in the physical space? They're showing you. I'm, a, I don't. Don't they use like cording? Like I, it says it uses six keys. Yeah, this uses Each six key keys. Oh, uh, and so you form. Uh, so they represent the Braille dots which would form letters and symbols and tap to combination. Let me tell you, I'd be like the worst friggin' blind person on the planet. I think it's a skill you have to learn, Mark. Uh, <laughs> it's not I, something you're born it, knowing how to do, just like typing. Dude, like, like if I were, if I fell into the hands of like, like an evil torture dude, and he's like, you can either lose your sight or I'm cutting your legs off. Legs every time. Because <laughs> I need to be able to see. Too much sharing? Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I was responding to chat. Joshua has to drop off. Oh, okay. Well, he can finish. He can uh, listen to the rest of the recording. Yeah, but well, you know, we're almost so done. So glad anyway you rode along with us. After yeah. talking about uh, Braille. But yeah, there's a six-key Braille keyboard that's going to be like an on-screen on keyboard option to use to type in Braille if you're if you're blind. Which Good, good for I, them. Until Google takes it away. I don't know. But, I don't know how much smartphone usage you're getting as a blind person, but I'm glad that uh, that they're thinking of that. That's pretty cool. I I would now. I know that the big thing when I was a teenager with computers and people with sight impairment was the uh, the you had the 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 modules and software that would read everything on the screen. To oh, you. the screen readers. But again, that's when everything was a very was a very text based experience, yeah. right? So, so not not such a GUI. Two things about visually or even sound or hearing impaired uh, folks that I remember from my tech support days. One was the screen readers. Um, I had a couple phone calls where people had called in. They're trying to get on the internet or whatever. And it was, as a tech support rep, it was painful for, <laughs> for me. Right. <laughs> However, on the other hand, it made my job a little easier once you got used to it because you could hear what the what the customer was trying to do on the screen. And you could... <laughs> You know, they would tell you one because, you know, in this in this circumstance, customers are very, very likely to tell you the wrong thing or you ask them a question. They give you an answer other than what is actually happening. Right. Because the they just don't understand exactly what's going on. But the computer's telling you exactly what's on the screen. So it's like, what's yeah. the error message say? Oh, it just starts reading it to me. Awesome. <laughs> that that could be super handy. The other thing was these. I don't know if you've ever if you even know these exist, but there's these like relay services. Where, oh yeah, I did phone support and I got a relay caller too. Yeah, we're like like yeah, I th I think it's for people who can't hear. One of my guys, see, in fact, right? one of the fellow techs got a relay call and he made some comment to the relay guy. Yes. And he heard the relay guy typing. He's like, "Are you typing that?" Because it was like a side comment to the relay guy. The relay guy's typing. I was like, "Yeah, I have to." No, yeah. don't do that. That's he wasn't for the customer. That's his yeah. job, right? We had the same problem with, with you know. Now, I, I got one only once, and the relay person had a bit of common sense, right? Yeah. And they, wow. they could tell when they were, like, when a, a comment was not necessarily meant for... <laughs> <laughs> to be typed. right, like you mumble something out loud. Oh, this guy, this is so fucking annoying. Yeah, click, 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 click. click. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. but yeah, that and was the, that was the, the relay customer was not a jocular individual. Again, it wasn't my customer, but yeah. I, I about died when when the dude told me the story afterward. <laughs> about died. Yeah. So those were 
those were two, my two interesting. Uh, I have lots of other interesting stories that I've pushed out of my memory slowly. So many from, war stories right? from the tech support days. All right. I think we made it through the news, dude. We did. That's all the articles. I had another one I was going to put in, but I'm glad I didn't because we're at two hours. No, because it's nine o'clock. It is so what o'clock. button do you press now? I don't remember. There's totally a red button that we push. But first, I got to do the quick outro stuff here. Um, oh, okay. So, folks, thank you for anyone who's who's stuck with us through the whole show. I know we rabbit trail quite a bit, but that's about how this show always goes anyway. Um, for those of you that are watching live, thanks for the interaction and chat. And thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you are listening to us audio at the moment and you're like, hey, how can I watch this this uh, this crap show go live? Uh, you, YouTube. Should, you should go to YouTube.com slash Podcast or just go to IronSysAdmin.com. We've got a link for it up there if you can't remember Podcast. Uh, just click on that. You can watch us live on the second and fourth Thursday of every month as long as there's not some weird blocker that prevents that. But that's what we shoot for. Um, Unless the coronavirus, you know, we decide, well, you decide not to do it because of the coronavirus. You mean if the coronavirus eats Thursdays or something? Something like that. <laughs> Apparently, it's powerful enough to stop new emojis. So yeah, who knows it's, what, it's, how I much mean, it's, power it has. It's, it's brought the U.S. to it freaking stand still but anyway um you can join our slack workspace if you want to chat with us on uh ironsystem.com forward slash slack we'll redirect you to a slack invite which uh, if it stops working let me know because those things are they expire at the weirdest times and that happened a while ago and no one told me and i didn't know it was broken Wah wah. yeah wah wah. uh you can find us on facebook and twitter just look for iron sysadmin we're not on instagram because i have no idea what we would share are we on MySpace? <laughs> We're not. Yeah, we should be. We should be. There should be a MySpace.com or slash Iron Sysadmin. Or Live Journal or Blogger or uh, GeoCities.com. I, 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 I want a GeoCities page. Oh, GeoCities, man. Totally. You could use blink, blink tags. Yeah, and the sparkly animated gifs yeah. and everything. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. The little guy, this page is under construction. The guy with the shovel. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. That was on every web page in the 90s. Every page, every page, because no one knew what they were doing, and they were always under construction because they were always, always changing. So, yeah. uh, at any rate, that's... Uh, where was I? Amplifier. I don't know. You were babbling about stuff. <laughs> subscribe Copy, wherever, you, subscribe Copy, wherever you can find podcasts. Um, oh, I also... Something else I wanted to mention. On the last show... I mentioned how I thought Google Podcasts was not getting updated versions of the show and that I had to fix that. Turns out they are. It's just their app isn't. I, I don't well, get it. Well, again, Google. The Google give us <laughs> yeah. the Google taketh the away. The Google taketh away. So if you are a, a, a Google Podcasts listener and you're like, wait, what do you mean? I'm still getting episodes of the show. Uh, you might be right. I don't know. I can't figure it out. Um, yeah. And don't forget... You, you too can get your name mentioned during our Patreon section if you donate to us via Patreon, which is very appreciated. It's a worthwhile investment. Indeed. Indeed. I, I need to start doing stuff for patrons, I think. Last last time around, we had the, uh, the, the call-in style show where patrons got to call in first. I need to do more stuff like that. It'd make it a little more attractive. And, yeah, uh, go for it, man. Let you hey, guys so feel more appreciated. I can I can tell you. Uh, thanks for having me. I always enjoy doing these. So uh, hopefully Absolutely. I can continue to be a special guest host Absolutely. over time. It's fun. Yeah. All right. And with that, I think the show is over, and I'm gonna push the button. The show is over. Go in peace. I need I need a recording of the Mystery Science Theater 3000. Push the button, Frank. You should.
Bye.